As ever, the first question quite needs one. What will the final score be in this game? Oh, 2-1 Japan. 2-1 Japan? Oh, yeah, I'm big on Japan. You know, I really think Japan oh. are going to do well in this tournament. I think we're going to get another shot today. There you go. The only the place blue samurai, they came through. <laughs> the only place we could possibly start with the day-to-day -day live today. One of the great predictions that has ever been, as my colleague Matt Furness Absolutely not. Apart from the injury time penalty. A broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Don't expect the same today, I think, is what we're expecting to say to yeah. Well, I, I, I said Canada were going to beat Belgium as well. I didn't say that on video, but I fancy them. They came close. So, they I, came close. yeah, they didn't do that one. Didn't do that one. Welcome back to the day-to-day -day live, everybody. And apologies for the Phil Taylor sounding video at the start there from myself. I realised that won't sound too good on the podcast in comparison to watching it on YouTube as I gave my colleague a standing ovation there. Thank you for watching us on Twitter, Twitter YouTube and such like as well. Really great. We can have you along for the day. Don't forget to head over to theanalyst.com, of course. The Opta Challenge, that's where you can prove your predictions right, just like Matt did with the Germany versus Japan game. All four games at the World Cup today. We just ask you to make three predictions about each game. And if they come off, you will take home potentially $500. And, of course, the Opta Quiz is back tonight. No winner last night on that. So $2,000 up for grabs at 18.30 GMT tonight. So one place we can really start today, isn't there? Let's talk Germany, shall we? And delighted to say we've got our friend back with us. <laughs> and joining us from Opta France. Brilliant preview to the game. Yes. <coughs> delighted to see David Rahm come true in there as well and really did help explain where that one was going but for quite a lot of that game it looked perfect and I think we have to be fair Germany were unlucky to end up on the losing side in that game last night Hello, hi Yeah, so my prediction was not that good <laughs> than yours, Matt Just the expected goals were right with my 3-1 <laughs> That was, yeah, that was what you meant wasn't it? You said yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, but it's part of the game to to convert your your chances. And if you not do it, you can see a team with like Japan with big quality, they can always score, especially against a not that strong German defense yesterday. So yeah, will be an interesting group now. <laughs> you talked about the Japan players, uh, many of them, I think it's four or five in that starting 11, they play in the Bundesliga. They, they know the German team well. They know the way that they play really well. I think both of the goal scorers play in Japan, don't they? Or they play in Germany, didn't they? So uh, they, it, was, it was something that maybe they'd done a lot of their research where you expect them to do as well. Do you think that that actually helped Japan in that game, knowing the German side so well, knowing the way they play, and knowing that, just understand that style of play from Germany? Yeah, for sure. So if you see on the starting eleven, the the middle centre backs, the both central midfielder and the central attacking midfielder. So the centre of the team was just the Bundesliga team. And they of course know the German players, but the German players also know the Japanese players. So yeah. you can turn that in both directions. But yes. And then two two more Bundesliga players came in as subs and both got so it could have been in, in uh, good for the Japanese to to know the German players, but it's for me not the, it works both the easy ways, yeah. one. So <laughs> we talked about 
Germany having control of the game, really. We talked about the expected goals, how Germany had the better chances. That does include a penalty as well. But possession as well. Germany had the bulk of possession. Japan actually was not, wasn't a World Cup record, but the second lowest possession to win a uh, World Cup match. And it brought back bad memories because the, the lowest possession since 1966 was that defeat to South Korea that knocked you out in 2018. Um, it was, I think it was 0.04% off that. So it was a kind of, maybe that, that style of play, they saw South Korea have success with that in the last World Cup. They knew they were going to out-possess Germany. So it was about catching them in the break. And they had a goal that's allowed early on at nil-nil as well. That was, uh, Mieda went a little bit offside. I think it was a couple of yards offside, but he went a bit too early. But that kind of showed how they could get at that German team, break quickly down the wings, uh, play, the, play the striker in and, uh, and get some success there. And both of their goals, well, the first came from a rebound, the second came from a fast break as well, didn't it? Do you think that, we don't expect Germany to have anywhere near the amount of possession that they had against Japan in the next game against Spain. So how do you think, do you think that can actually help Germany that they don't need to have the ball as much and they can maybe play to their strengths with fast attackers on the break using wing-backs against Spain? Yeah, for sure. So I think Germany had a lot of passes and a lot of possession, but not really the big chances. So they, mm. they don't really get into the box. And I think this this could be a yeah the main the main point uh, against Spain if Spain want to have the ball also so Germany will will uh, have chances to for fast breaks with their very fast players like maybe Leroy Sané is back and also Gnabry yeah so it will be a chance so if we're looking on the on the uh, Attacking sequence of movements, you see that the <coughs> uh, Gundogan and Kimmich are the players with on the top of the player with the most movements, and these are not the players uh, that are in the box for striking. So mm. I think it will be important to to get the ball to the central forward in the inside the box to score against Spain. This is maybe the chance. Yeah. Spain yesterday um, set a new world record or new World Cup record for completed passes in a match. Uh, their pass map there you are looking like an artwork. It was uh, ridiculous, really. Uh, lot of switches. That doesn't include throw-ins in corners as well. So 967, uh, 976 are really successful. Um, again, they weren't really put under pressure um, against Costa Rica. They were one of the poorest sides at this World Cup. We've also got a graphic of their passing network to show how Spain were passing to each other in that game. Like the, the thicker the line, the more frequent those passes are. So you can see they're actually playing around the back quite often. Um, Busquets at the centre of that as well, and Pedri being involved. That is something where you expect Germany can maybe press that Spanish defence uh, and attack them down the wings. We know that Asper Laqueta is uh, not the youngest player now, that the, the fast wingers. Leroy Sané might be back as well. So they could, that can be that can be a tactic that Germany can use to their advantage, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I think German Germany have some players that are very good in in gain possession. So Leroy Sané and also Mario Götze, they are all all good in winning possession on high upfield. So I think it can be a possibility to like press Spain on one side and then 
get the ball up high, having a short distance to the other goal for fast break. Yep. It cool. will be so interesting got, to see. <laughs> we've got the groupy chances uh, based on the Opta Predictor now, a graphic for you there. It's not looking good for Germany at the moment. Obviously, it's in their hands still because they can beat Spain uh, in the next game. If they do beat Spain, then it kind of is a, a shoot-off against who can score the most against Costa Rica, it feels like. So it's not all doom and gloom. Um, 29.24% they have a chance of qualifying now. Japan, they have Costa Rica next. And you feel that if they play as they did against Germany yesterday, they can beat Costa Rica. And depending on that result against Spain and Germany, Japan could also, they could be qualified by the time that they, they play Spain on the final day. Their chance is 74.76%. We've got Spain at 93.12% to qualify now. We fancy them against Germany. Are you as worried as those predicted numbers suggest you should be? Yeah, a bit, maybe. So I think now the group is very interesting and it's a, it's a big game on, on Sunday evening. And yeah, it will be interesting. But I think there are some possibilities to beat Spain. Um, but yeah, it's a big well, game. We've seen in this World Cup, anyone can beat anyone. It's, it's, yes. it's possible, isn't it? Yeah, and it's quite interesting when we just look at bringing up the overall sort of predictor at the moment. Like Germany, obviously, a 58% chance of finishing third at the moment in this. But interestingly, if Germany do make it through, our predictor is still making them more favourite to go and lift the title than Japan. Uh, around about 0.8% chance. So, as you say, it's not all doom and gloom. There is, I think there is a feeling that if they can progress through and get through this very, dare I say, difficult moment, as uh, many modern-day football managers like to call it, there really is an opportunity. And, I, I, again, my, my thought has been with this Germany team in this tournament, this is all a build-up for 2024 at the moment. This really is, like... It would be lovely to go deep, and maybe this is the experience that Hansi Flick and the guys need and the team need they'll put this in the bank and this will be, okay, we don't want to be back at this point again. And this is what's going to allow them to build into the Euros in 2024. And where I've already said, I think they will go on and win the, win the tournament then. So it'll be fascinating to see how this one plays out for them over the well, course Spain, of the rest. Spain did it themselves in 2010. Yeah. They lost they lost to Switzerland, having the bulk of possession, went on to go and win the World Cup. So it's not all doom and gloom. You can still win it, Germany. <laughs> yeah. <You're> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nilis as ever, thanks for joining us, buddy. Really appreciate you taking the time out to join us. Uh, go go rest easy for the rest of your day, I think, is the best <laughs> way of describing it. Uh, it's not just, obviously... Um, well, where was I going with this one? Obviously, We need to talk about Belgium-Canada very quickly, I think. like It was a very spirited performance from Canada in that game yesterday. Really, in the first half alone, putting up more XG in one half of football than Belgium had conceded in the whole first half of their European qualification. Like... Yeah, nothing to lose there for them, and I, 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 I think when we were talking about this game, we were saying that it's not so much Canada coming out, but I think this we've talked about maybe this is the golden generation of Belgium. This is one last go. I, I you took the G off it yesterday and called it the olden generation because that really is yeah where it feels like it, they're at now. They looked lethargic at times. They looked like they didn't think. It was almost like they hadn't prepared for the game properly. Mm. They didn't think Canada would use their pace on on the in the attack to, to damage them. Or maybe they did know that and they just hoped that it would they'd get through it. Martinez came out quite defensive uh, um, in mm. the post match presser. Um, 
saying, well, we, we knew it was going to be difficult and I'm just pleased we got through this test. But you're going to face much stiffer tests than Canada. Yeah. Um, with all due respect, <laughs> that Canada was... like that. I, I really enjoyed the performance from Canada yesterday. I think they're going to really trouble Croatia and Morocco mm. uh, coming up. Earlier in the day, we saw those two teams play. wasn't much to really be excited about from either of those teams. Croatia may be in a similar position to um, Belgium in that they've got some older players now that they're sort of maybe in that transitional phase over the next few years. Um, it's hard to call that group. That, that is yeah. the group. We said in the group preview that that was, the, that was the hardest group to call. It could be really exciting because of that, but it could also be quite dull. <laughs> so well, I hope Canada make it through because I think they deserve... They deserve it for the excitement that they they display. They deserve it for the way that they tackle games. Um, well, they tackled the game yesterday. And in qualification, they they took on teams like US and Mexico with with pace and, and flair and and went at it with like kind of youthful enthusiasm, I guess. Mm. Um, and I, I called it yesterday. No one will believe it, but I called it to my wife yesterday when Davies lined up for that penalty. There was too much time between the penalty being awarded been taking it and it felt like the pressure of that kick got to him because he knew the opportunity that was like you're not yeah. going to get many chances and we didn't think they were going to get many chances against that Belgium team to go one nil ahead um and it felt like he had the weight of the show uh weight on his shoulders of the nation on that penalty yeah. and yeah it looked like a penalty where he had a lot of pressure yeah just to bring up the latest qualification numbers for you obviously that win for Belgium is so huge 83 percent chance of qualifying from the group and that Feels a very shaky 83%, if I'm honest with you. Croatia standing at 52.4. Morocco, 42.1. Canada still seem low to me, 22%. They've got the, the toughest game out the way and come, came through it with shining colours. So, as you say, it can be very interesting what they can do against Croatia and Morocco. I think this is as good a time as any to switch over, actually, to today's footage. We've been joined by one of our great writers we've had on the site previously, and not to help us look forward to... Brazil versus Serbia today. Sasha Pisani, great friend of the show, actually. I'm going to say that right now. Sasha, you well? I am well. Feels like a reunion here. <laughs> how, are you, how, how are you all? Well, Matt's Ooh. just basking in the glow of his getting one prediction right. So, you know, that, yeah. that's, you know how that's been for all of us for the last I'm not year. going to make any more predictions. I'm just going to live <laughs> off that one. Yeah, forever. <laughs> We're talking about predictions today. Let's just see what our supercomputer win probability's got to say about Brazil's game against Serbia today. I don't think anybody's surprised. 15 games unbeaten in the group stage uh, have not failed to make it out of the group stage since 1982. So, no real surprises here that Brazil, the overwhelming favourites to take the victory in this one, 67.7%. But our supercomputer did back Germany to win and did back Argentina to win. So shocks are not too much of a surprise. I'm going to leave you with Matt and Sasha to look through what should be quite an interesting test for this Brazil team that I think some people are underrating. Yeah, we know, we, we know about the strength of the Brazil side. Not many people know about the strength of the Serbia side other than the strike partnership or the pair, the pair that they could play out front today of uh, Alexandra Mitrovic and Dusan Vlahovic. Do you think Serbia can cause a shock in this one, arguably as big as the Saudi Arabia uh, versus Argentina shock? This is not just me saying it because my mother is of Serbian descent, but 100% they can. Um, with, you know, Pixie there, uh, uh, you know, Dragan there, they have a, a real purpose and a direction. You know, we've seen in the past with, you know, these Serbian teams, 
um, sort of struggling in terms of formations and tactics. Um, but there's something different about this team, and I, I feel like something special is brewing. Um, mm. And you look at it, but you just look at the, the the quality in that side, and I don't think it's ever been a, an issue with you know not just Serbia but Balkan nations, the, the talent that that's come through there. It's been more about mentality. Um, I think if the mentality can click within that Serbia squad, um, they might they might not end up lifting the trophy yeah, come December. Um, but no, I, I I do think they they, they can definitely uh, cause an upset against Brazil. It wouldn't surprise me. See, well, I've happen? got a straight face after you said that because I, <laughs> I actually think Serbia have got a really good chance of going far in this tournament. I, I think they've got an underrated side. I'm not going to use the phrase dark horse because everyone says that about every team. But that strike punt, like those two strikers, they're two of the most informed, I wouldn't say informed, but over the last maybe two years, those two strikers... Of course, numerous teams' problems. They know how to score goals. If the, if they can get the service right to those two players, Mitrovic is not a player that that Brazilian defence will be looking forward to playing against. He is horrible to defend against. He's so strong in the air. We've got there 52 goals in all competitions for Fulham since the start of last season. All of those inside the box. If you can get that service right, as we saw in that playoff game against Portugal, um, sorry, that wasn't a playoff game, was it? They qualified outright. It was that game against Portugal uh, in the Dragao. In the last where, minute, yeah. Yeah, in the last minute. If they can get the players in the box and cause problems for that Brazilian defence, I'm not... And how encouraging, is it, it, how encouraging is it to see someone like Mitrovic that you know does eat pizza and drink Coke and perform like that? Oh, Look at those stats. Coke for all of us. All of us, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> Yeah, like it's just phenomenal. Like nearly a goal a game. And I know some of like, the vast majority of those came in the championship, but he's proved that he can step up to the Premier League this season. There's been doubts about him in the Premier League in the past, maybe harshly because he's had spells out. I think there's only one season where he played quite a few games in a poor, um, I think it was a, a Newcastle where he, he didn't perform. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that strike partnership can cause some problems. And I, I actually wouldn't put it past him getting a result today. I'm not saying they're going to win. Um, but everyone's expecting Brazil to coast in this tournament. I think they'll go far. I think they'll probably end up in the final. I had, in my Optimillion, I think I had them to reach the semis and lose to Argentina. Um, fair, fair, that's fair. In the final. Uh, in yeah. the semi-final, I think Argentina yeah. win it in the final. But I did have Argentina v France in the final. Neither could maybe get to the final and, now. Based but it's on... also crazy that, you know, we're talking about Serbia and, and, and Vlavic, you know, nine goals in 17 games is a great return when he's trying to, I guess, chase down Mitrovic as the all-time top goal scorer of 50 and 76. But then, you know, it's crazy that, you know, that we've forgotten about Luka Jovic and how sort of, yeah. sort of far down he's sort of dropped from his Real Madrid days. But to have him come off the bench as well is quite handy. You know, what, what Luka Jovic will we see? I, I'm not sure he's starting... He started scoring some goals for Fiorentina, but to have someone like him off the bench is also a handy thing, I must say. Yeah, you've got options there. So, obviously, Sasha, you're based in Australia. Um, they lost their opening game against France. What's the general feeling and vibe in Australia about their chances in this World Cup after opening game? It's the hardest game of the group they've faced already. Is there hope that they can get out of the group stage? I think the Tunisia game was always going to be the one that we had to win. Um, eyes on that. I think there was a lot of frustration from that opening game, just given the start we had made and the fact that when we did push forward, that opening 20, 25 minutes, when we did put France under pressure, they did look vulnerable. Mm. And then uh, we just started sitting deeper and deeper, inviting pressure. And obviously against 
a team like France, the world champions, when you do that, you're asking for trouble. Now, I'm not saying that we would have beaten France, but when you look at the Saudi Arabia result and the Japan result, when they were brave, it actually went for it. It was just disappointing. And that was a sort of consensus back back home in here or here as well, that the fact that they didn't continue on and actually chase, even the second half, 2-1 down, they weren't brave. They didn't take risks. Um, mm. We're waiting for it, even some of the changes. So that was that was sort of the frustration there um, with the coach who, uh, compared to you know a former coach and Antipasta Cog, who's uh, quite more pragmatic um, with his approach. There's been some criticism of, back home of Jason Cummings and his performance when he came on up front. It was almost I think so. I read that the press were saying it was almost like playing with ten men. Yeah, some of a former player was saying that. Um, yeah, he, he's done great things. Uh, the, the cum dog, they call him back in. I'm, back I'm in a massive fan of him. Honestly, he's been to, he's actually has been terrific here um, in the A League. He set a goal out in January. He wanted to play for Australia and he achieved that. Um, but look at, you know, I think the big thing for this tournament is Grand Qual. Um, just the fact that he's going to Newcastle in January, but he still hasn't started the game. So that's where a lot of the hype is at the moment, that whatever happens with the Socceroos, the fact that he's in the World Cup squad, youngest ever represented for Australia in the World Cup, and he hasn't started a professional match of football, it just blows my mind that, you know, the rise he's sort of been on. Yeah, and it's an Australia team that is celebrating diversity and youth coming through as well in, in the squad. So it looks like bright things are set to, to happen for Australian football in the next four years or so. So actually maybe the next World Cup is one where we can see a different kind of style of Australian team. We, we obviously, back in the day, we'll go back a while, we had names like Harry Kuehl, Mark Schwarzer, um, the many more, Mark Vaduka. You had many players in Australia that playing in the top leagues, mainly the Premier League. That isn't really the case now, is it? There's, there's more kind of players that are coming through in Australia making a name for themselves and maybe moving on like some of the players you've mentioned already, to those leagues, it's that kind of that phase that maybe in four years' time, they'll be at that stage that Viduka, Kuehl, et cetera, were in. Well, I personally love it because I work for the A-League now. So I work for the league. So to see, to see these players there is great for me. It's great for the league. There's, there's eight in there at the moment that are actually currently playing back home. Um, 21 of the 26 players in that squad have come through the league. Um, so it's a great advertisement for the league. Um, the golden generation, it's, it, we always get compared to 2006, you know, making that last 16 against Italy and uh, that horrible dive at the end where Luca still got penalised mm -hmm. and, and knocked us out. But, um, yeah, a lot of diversity, some, some new faces coming through. It does help that the next World Cup is going to be, obviously, extra team. So I think we should make it through and not have to go through a dreaded playoff. Um, but, you know, always but optimistic it, for Australian football. So Going back to what you say about the A-League there, there's been some criticism of the A-League in the past that it's a retirement league, like Major League Soccer in the US. That's not really the case any longer, is it? There's some really good young Definitely talent not. coming through in the A-League. We actually, actually rank first in like Asia in terms of minutes for young players. We, we're at the top. With the, I think it, it may have been COVID-enforced as well, um, not being able to bring in you know, those sort of more experienced foreigners coming through. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the, the talent... Um, not being biased because I work for the league, but watching it now, and it, it's actually it, it, there's some really good football being played. I know people sort of sort of criticise it a bit and think, oh, you know, whatever. But uh, it, it, there is some good football and some good players coming through, so it's encouraging um, when you see if that. If you can get more of those yard. players joining teams like Newcastle, etc., then more eyes are going to be on the A League. It, there's a big, 
I wouldn't say there's a big following in the UK of it, but it's on in the UK quite often. And a good time in the mornings. Yeah. yeah, people waking up wanting to watch some football on Saturday morning, um, especially when, Do you when watch you've it? got newborn babies, etc. It's good. When I had some young children, I watched it because it was on TV <laughs> in the morning. But yeah, I haven't been watching it recently. I'm I'm, uh, I'm watching too much football. I'm trying to scale down on the yeah. football. So yeah, A League is you. not top of the priority at the moment. But I will if more players start coming through. So what are your predictions today for the Brazil Serbia game? Serbia. Confidence straight in there. Yes, yeah. Serbia to win. Yeah, you think they're gonna win. Straight in, yep. Milinkovic Savic will have a we'll have a blinder. Uh and yeah, we'll uh we'll celebrate a, a win. Six AM well. six AM it kicks off here, so it'll be a uh, waking up the neighbours. So Sash just, yeah. just hoping we clip this one up if, uh, <laughs> if <I win. laughs> I told I you so. I mean, obviously, everybody can enter the Opta Challenge on theanalyst.com. I have to do the shill bit here before we do anything else. But yeah, the Opta Challenge, free predictions from each game at the World Cup. So let's roll through the free choices for Brazil-Servia today. And I'll say this again. Uh, first game, So the first one is always final score in the match. What are we going for here? Uh, 2-1. 2-1, 2-1. Hang on, I need to do my... 2-1 Serbia. 2-1 Serbia. Serbia, you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say one all. I think um, I don't think it's going to be an easy game for Brazil at all. I think Serbia are going to be well up for this one to prove prove a lot of people wrong, and I think that they've got the talent to do so. So it, it comes into this theory of preparation, doesn't it? I think we have seen teams that have not been able to prepare too well for this mm. tournament. Sort of, they're almost using game one as their warm up match for the World Cup, and I think that's caught Germany slightly off. I think that. Definitely caught Belgium off and 100% get Argentina off. So, yeah, I'm feeling the same. I'm feeling like I'm going to go 2 2 here. I think there's goals in this Ooh. game. I think there's going to be good fun to watch. I do just think that there is a lot of talent in that Brazil team that will break down. But Serbia are going to get chances because defences have been, mm -hmm. on the whole, quite poor in this World Cup. And I, I just can see. Someone like Mitrovic taking a couple of chances. Right, this is a slightly more tricky one. And after the corner barrage of one of the games the other day, I'm hoping we're not going to see too much of this. How many corners will there be in this game? Oh, this is hard. What are you doing to me? Let me get, uh... let, let, let's say 15 plus is an option. <laughs> uh, we'll go 11. I want to go 11. Like I think there'll be a few. Serbia will want set pieces and corners in this one. They, they want to be feeding, feeding Mitro. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go 15. 15 15. For this one. 15? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go low. I'm gonna go nine. Ball's gonna be in play a lot. We're not gonna see many corners. We're gonna see see a lot of fun instead. Uh and this one, we've all said no to this. Uh will Brazil Brazil score more than five goals? I, I think whoever came up with this question on the challenge, and I'm looking around the rest of my team right now down the lens at that one. Um <laughs> not me. <laughs> don't, don't know who to blame. Uh, this they feel very optimistic about Brazil's chances. Again, we've both all said there that we don't feel that one would be coming through. Why is right. there no? Why is there no question about how much out of time is going to be in the game? That should be one of the questions. <laughs> Next match day, we didn't expect it. We didn't expect it for the first I, round. I don't, I don't think our slider goes that high up. I will be <laughs> Uh, also, don't forget there are three other games today. We better quickly rattle through them. One of the other challenges we've got is for Portugal Ghana today, which is obviously the start of the tournament for those two sides. So, what we're we going for the score in this one? This feels like a tricky game. Ghana, uh, I think, again, if we go to the theory of what we're seeing in this World Cup so far, I can easily see Ghana win this one 2 1 and surprise people. A young squad who are going to be keen to make an impression against Portugal. But 
Oh, I'm going to go 1-1 one, one again. I'm going to go 1-1 one, one here. 2-1 Ghana for me. Oh. Oh. I'll go 2-1 Portugal. Nice. Like that. Rolling around. Uh, obviously, a lot of people will be talking about Ronaldo, but we want we want to talk about Bruno instead. Uh, how many shots will Bruno Fernandes have in this game? Which will be good. I'm... How key is he going to be to this Portugal team? I think that's the question. How well, he had five in in one half in his last appearance, that, that pre-tournament uh, win over Nigeria. But Ronaldo was not in that team, was he? And I don't think Ronaldo's going to play today. Do you I not you, leave him out. You think you're benching him still? Yeah, I think so. I, think, I don't reckon his head's in the right place for this game. I think that they're better off playing João Felix. Oh. Um, he was brilliant in that game against Nigeria. Aaron Barton told me that anyway. I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that Fernandez will be one of the key players in the game. So I'm going to say four. Four? See, if... I don't... Oh. Oh. Go on, Sasha. It just depends on Ronaldo. Like, if he plays, there's no chance he's having that many shots. So if no. if if Ronaldo plays, I'll say three. But if he doesn't, I'll say seven. Okay, I like I, double double bet there. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I just I just don't see Portugal going into today's game and putting Ronaldo on the bench. He is part of that team. He's going to captain the team. He'll have the most shots. He'll have the take every free kick. He'll, he'll probably pick at, the team as well. So. Yeah, he'll be at the centre attention of this team. So Fernandes, free chances, free shots maybe. Well, if he's not in the team, we expect the Piers Morgan interview tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he is out there in uh, Qatar as well, isn't he? Because he's out there <coughs> for the USA England game. But happy Thanksgiving to all our US listeners as well. Mm. Um, not for tomorrow, obviously. Uh, and then finally, will Ghana have more shots than Portugal in this game? Yes. No. Yeah, I'm no as well. Even though I've called the draw, and even I, I just don't see Ghana like they'll get chances, but Portugal are just going to be relentless. That's what relentless is. That's not being mauled yeah. by a tiger. Um, Special sign language for relentless. Yeah, works well on the podcast. That does. Mm. Um, all of those, of course, you can enter over on theanalyst.com. They are available on our fixtures page, and it's your chance to potentially win 500 US dollars. Well worth entering. Sasha, thanks very much for joining us, buddy. Always a pleasure to chat with you. I'm sure we'll catch up throughout the course of the rest of the tournament as well. Thank you very much, and keep up the great work. Uh, I wouldn't say Cheers. that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Thank you very much. Right, are we done for the day, Matt? I think I think we're we're pretty much done today here on the day to day live predictions galore as ever. All fun. The first round of group stage at the World Cup is done. I think that's a key moment for everybody. Tomorrow we've got England USA. We'll be looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll have some US guests on to try and help us break down the US team a little bit more. I think we've got quite a jam packed show tomorrow morning at nine in the morning GMT. So please do come and join us. Definitely worth doing so. Uh, in the meantime, though, thanks very much for watching wherever you are, whether you're on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube or whatever. Don't forget, you can follow us across our social media channels as well. We are at Opta Analyst across the board. We're going to be posting up loads of great fun content throughout the games and much more beside as well. And of course, if you do want to catch up with us on the podcast or if you're already listening on the podcast, thank you very much. We're available across all your favorite podcast apps like Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name them. And we're probably on a few terrible ones as well. In the meantime, though, on behalf of Matt and myself, thanks very much for watching as ever. We will see you tomorrow morning as we look forward to the big game between England and the USA and all the other second round matches in the group stages. But until tomorrow, take care. Have a good day. <laughs>